Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Zach, and this is Hunter. And uh, we were running two seconds behind, but Hunter was getting a little nervous. Uh, Dude, yeah, we're always the, on time now. I left the current topic up. I'm a little rusty. We're, but we were... Remember when we did the podcast and we were late every, every week. single week? Yeah. We're on time now. Right on time. But I'm going to throw it over to Hunter, who's going to do two off the tee. It, there's gnats down here. Yeah, I don't know how, but as soon as... Uh, Stupid spring. Two off the tee. Anyways, What's two off the tee, though, Hunter? Two off the tee, if you're new around here. Basically, we have uh, two questions. It's how we start off every single podcast. One comes from, uh, to this week, Instagram, but also Reddit, Twitter, stuff like that. And the other comes live from the chat board. Y'all are always, already extremely active, so I'm sure there's lots of stuff to pick from. But go ahead and put some questions down there for us to pick for our second off the tee. Hopefully, we're louder this week. I know people complained last week, so I'll try to keep that audio pumping. Um, so this one comes from at Todd Bouchard, Disc Golf Man. You know who that is, right? Yes. Uh, he said, what course do you enjoy playing the most? So I'll let Zach answer this one first. So is this like, are we talking about like local courses or what course okay, did let's do, I? Let's do local and non-local. So, okay, well, okay, we'll go <laughs> local and your like full total answer if it's different than local. Well, yeah, my, my, I have two different answers. Yeah. So local, uh, your wife said she's moving out cause the bugs, uh, <laughs> uh, local would be either fallen Creek park or that park that we played the other day, even though I've only played it. We'll once. call it a dual pond, dual two ponds. ponds. I don't know. That's not the actual official name. Please. No one quote me on that, but there's two ponds. So I'm calling it dual pond park, dual pond now. park. Uh, that's what, cause I, that's, I mean, I probably play like Sandusky the most, which is where we have our weekly and Monday mornings. We play there at seven in the morning and like stuff like that. But I believe I like Fallen Creek the best. And then all time favorite course is um, Eureka. Really? Park. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go local first. I'm going with Mayflower Hills. Uh, It's in Roanoke, technically. I don't know if that does that count as local. Sure. Okay. So Mayflower. That other course uh, for me is 35, sure. 40 minutes away. Mayflower, I mean, I've spoken on it before, but I think it's the best course. Excuse me, best course in Virginia. Um, there's a tournament there, May 9th. It's already full. Never mind, it filled. I lied. I was going to tell everyone to go register, but it's full. <laughs> I'll be playing that tournament, though. Um, but that's a great course. And then my favorite out-of-state or just in general, it's always been Idlewild. Mm. I've never been, so I don't but know. But for some reason, I'm feeling Northwoods right now. North, that was a Northwoods fun Gold. It was tough. It was it the hardest course I've ever played. Ate your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then made you throw it up. Um, even and though that made you it. eat it again. Yeah, it was brutal, but I liked it at the same time. So I'll just go with that because I always say Idlewild. So I'm gonna go with that. All right. Um, outside of that, before we get to Jeff's corner, what's the second uh, second one off the tee? I mean, a lot of the questions are about Brody, which we're gonna talk about. Yeah, we'll talk in about the that in the podcast. Maybe we'll um, come back to some of the Brody questions when we get to that point. So, okay. What's the best way to be more consistent when playing tournaments? Um, don't let things bother you. Uh, so the way that I played when I played tournaments was not that I was consistent, but I know this would help. Uh, I don't take it so seriously, especially if you're not playing open, you're not playing for money. Yes, you play, you, you know, you pay to be there whatever, but like this is not your full-time job. And to be honest with you, for the 90% of you that are in here, 95% of you that are in here, this is never going to be your full-time job. I'm sorry to break your, your uh, feelings. That's there. just the statistic of yeah. disc golf. And so just like, well, it's higher than basketball, but it's just not going <laughs> to be your full-time job. So take it as, as a hobby as it is and understand that if you miss a putt, if you have a bad drive, it's totally okay. And you know, it, it's not the end of the world. Um, and just pick it up on the next hole. 
What do, what do you got to say? Her? Um, I think if you watch Brody's most recent videos, like him, Germ, uh, Nick Carl made an appearance in there for like two seconds. Brody left him hanging, which was very he sad. Did. Um, sorry, Nick, if you're listening. Uh, but I don't think um, he is. And Paul, I don't know if I said Paul, but Paul gave Brody kind of asked him tips for a first time player. And he gave the same advice that I think I would give to this guy, which is go in with zero expectation. Yeah. I think that's always key, especially, um, especially when you're either just playing your first tournament or first tournament of the year. Or if you're like, for me, you know, wow, my voice cracked. Gosh, <laughs> you knew I was not going to let know. that down either. For me, um, this is going to be like in March 28th, which is 17 days away. It's going to be my first tournament back in a good while. And we all know um, how you played in that last video. Yeah. And so for me, I think the no expectation is going to be very important because if I come in with my previous expectation, I'm going to be let down. Yeah. Uh, and then that's going to create frustration and then that's going to lead to really inconsistent play. Whereas if you go in with no expectation, if you're capable of doing that, then, you know, whatever happens, you just kind of take it and run with it and you'll find yourself being a lot more consistent because the player you truly are will come out instead of this tournament pressure, right. stressed out player. Right. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump over to uh, Jeff's corner here. Jeff. Yeah, let's bring him in live from the road. How's it going, Jeff? Good, guys. How's it going? It's going, going good. good. Jeff, I got to say, I'm loving the beard action. Thank you. Thank I, you. I'm digging it. You got to grow it been out. Working on it for been working on it for a little bit. Good. You know? Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, All right. So, so first, new with you guys, what do you want to start with? College disc golf? Yeah. yeah let, let's, let's talk about like the let's get the results out results, first, and then and we'll then, go into the big yep, stuff. Then we'll go to the news. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's hit it. So, cup. We had quite a few collegiate qualifying events. I don't mm-hmm. know what you're really qualifying for now, but you know we'll get into <laughs> that. But our qualifying events. Uh, Hunter, hit me with the what this abbreviation is for. I know it's one of the schools, oh, EMU. Eastern Mennonite. It's uh, out of Harrisonburg, Eastern Mennonite Virginia. University. Okay. So they hosted a tournament, which uh, looks like Liberty, Tennessee Tech, and they competed in, plus a couple more schools. Um, looked like a pretty – like, what's the vibe of this tournament? I've never heard of it before. And it I think it's like their it first kind of year. Low key, yeah, this their is first their year. first year even having a team, I believe. Um, so I honestly can't really give you too much information on the tournament. Um, I know – I think there is five or six teams there. Um but yeah, I mean, you probably know just as much as I do about the tournament. I don't even know what course it was at. It's uh, it's a brand new tournament to the to the college disc golf scene. So, so yeah, it looks like well, I'm looking at the results right now. It looks like there was four teams there. Uh, the one that we didn't have on our like top three results was Lehigh as well. Okay. Uh, but you had a uh, a guy without a PDJ rating, Silas Driver, taking down on the uh on the individual side of the event, putting up a 999 rated round. Uh, beating the field by three strokes over Pete Kern, which is one of your guys' Liberty boys, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, uh, one, and then a stroke behind him. He had a two-way tie between Trevor Oyer and Spencer Ellingson. Um, Spencer's from our school and too. And then yeah. over on the team side of, of the event, looks like Eastern Mennonite University took it down in their debut tournament. Really, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah. Tennessee Tech behind them, and then ooh, Liberty in third. But give me the scoop on that. Yeah, so uh, Justin Rozak, who is arguably arguably the best or one of the best players on Liberty's team, had another tournament scheduled. Apparently, this was kind of sprung on the Liberty team last minute, and they were all kind of frustrated at it. Um, they, they found out like a week before that they were going, and a lot of them had other plans. So we actually had our top women's player on the champ flight team um, alongside one of the uh, first flight or B team players and then two champ flight players. So it was kind of a uh, scrambled together Liberty team, but um, yeah. yeah, 
I, I don't. I don't really think that they went to to win. I'm surprised they win at all. Well, from what I was told, somebody wanted to support the tournament, so they were going to bring a team, whoever it was. So, yeah, that's cool. It's good to see, like you know, even a first year event getting some traction, especially around local schools, and just getting four teams out. It definitely speaks to the growth of college disc golf and where it's going. Yeah, definitely. uh, let's, I'm going to skip down to the great lakes conference championship. Okay. Uh, looks like we got on the team side of things, Ferris state taking it down. I mean, arguably they're one of the best teams in the country. Yep. Probably a top three team. I don't think anyone here is going to argue against that. Nope. Um, and then this kind of speaks to the depth of just their program. And in, in an essence, their B team took second place over the university of Toledo, which Mm-hmm. The University of Toledo has a player, I believe, that's ranked in the top three in the country in mm-hmm. the rankings. Okay. Chris, like Wojcicki. Yeah, or, I think he actually won this yeah. won this tournament. He did. Yeah, he <clears throat> won the individual side of the event, um, and then over uh, Pat Neymar and Zach Sherman, tying for second. Mm-hmm. So some good golf, you know. Kind of you would expect Ferris State to take down like this is one of their home. This is like their home conference qualifying championship event, right? Yeah, and taking it down in pretty good fashion. You know, it's going to speak to their strength this year. Yeah, definitely. So, they're they're always a team much, to to watch. Oh yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, three national championships in the five year in the past five years, like they're legit. I always um, say they're like the Alabama of college disc golf. Yeah. Basically, like Alabama's is the football, fair state is the college disc golf. Yeah, yeah. I always remember when I was going to playing at college nationals, everyone always just called them disc golf university. Like that's what people <laughs> yes. went there to do is play disc golf. Yeah, I, like so, uh, I feel like an off year yeah. for them, they're still finishing like top four. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. It's like if they're not winning, they're they're right in the mix. Yeah. Anyways, um, Tiger Town Throwdown. That one's exciting. So you guys probably have heard more from your guys about this, yeah. but on the team side of things, Liberty taking it down in a three way playoff. Have mm-hmm. you heard any? stories from the team that you guys want to share sure um so it was between nc state and north alabama um i believe it came down to the third hole where um i don't know exactly who it was but um they liberty parked the the hole for for the easy birdie and i believe north alabama because nc state uh, i think dropped out on the first or the second hole or the, the second hole north alabama wasn't able to um get that birdie so they were able to take down the win but i know that there was a lot of back and forth with the scoring i know liberty had to catch up you know at the end for doubles and hit like a, a huge eagle putt um so i know that there was there was a ton of back and forth i think it was a huge event yeah, um, it was a, 30 teams 30 teams i think i think it was the biggest collegiate uh qualifier Whoa. to date or something like that yeah so Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like 27 teams. 27. Okay, yeah. So and then and then three women's teams. So you know, 30 so, okay, teams. 30. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there was going to be a nationals, or we don't know if there is, but later <laughs> on the date, I don't know who the players are going to be anymore. But this kind of um, th- this was this kind of shows how good Liberty actually is. You know, like they went back and forth. NC State and Liberty kept going back and forth, but um, even though they did tie the fact that Liberty was able to take it away kind of shows that like they're here to play. So absolutely. I mean, they, they shot, they didn't shoot the hot run in doubles or in like the team section of the event. I think NC I'm State's assuming. B team uh, is that how the did I believe in the NC first State's round. I think that's what uh, one of the Liberty guys so, told me. So it was like on the PDGA results, they have like round one, round two, round three was like 
round one and two, two rounds of like individual and then one round, round three is a team round or what? Uh, round one was doubles. Round two was the, the individual uh, average score. And then round three was doubles. Okay. Again. So there's two rounds of doubles gotcha. and one round of singles. And I, I yeah, do so know, sorry, I'm going to cut you off really quick. <laughs> even though I know this is your segment, please. Uh, I know Hunter did the no, math, but how we, you know, earlier in the year, we were talking about how averages was going to help out. Uh, Liberty a ton in singles. If there was no averages in singles, um, I think Liberty would have lost by like, what'd you say? 10? Well, yeah. So if you look at the, the averages, Liberty was up by three going into the final round. Um, NC state was down seven after their first doubles round. And then if you take away the averages, so we do last year's scoring model, NC state would have been up by eight instead of down by three. So that's the difference that this, uh, that this averaging wow. makes um, to, to bring everything a lot closer and make it a team sport, which in my opinion is exactly what Baker wanted and exactly yeah, what he's sense. trying to do. And I personally like it. I wish it would have always been that way because we wouldn't have seen Mississippi State win by 30 or 40. But uh, yeah. um, before right. we get into the individual side of it, what's your opinion on kind of seeing how much this rule change really affects? What's your opinion on it now later in the season? I'm really liking it. I mean, I was I was definitely a fan of it early in the season because I think that the scores, you know, it was always kind of a blowout. It hasn't really we haven't had a super close right. nationals in a while. Right. I think the last time I think because the, I think the last time at least I can remember was when it was my freshman year when Lib or not. Uh, it was Ferris State and University of Nevada Arena went into a playoff. Mm, that's uh, cool. For the national championship. And I think they went seven holes into that playoff. Holy cow. But. But since then, it hasn't been close. And I mean, and that was at a point where they were taking top three scores, dropping the worst right. um, format. And I mean, if you look at the whole results of this tournament, like you have three teams at 19 down, two more teams at 17 down, and then a little bit of a gap. But you have teams at 11, 10, 9, 6. Like there's a lot of teams that are like in the mix. Yeah. Like no one like you go and look at the team that took 10th and they are 10 strokes off the lead. Yeah. Right. Which that like, and previously made, that's been second place to first place at nationals yeah. or more. Yeah, that would have been that would have been seventy strokes. So <laughs> for even example, so and now to jump over to the Northwest Collegiate Invitational, who yeah. so they run their tournament how it previously was. I believe they're still taking four, like it was all four of your team members' scores is the way they're doing it. Um, but I mean, you have huge huge gaps. Uh, between the team scores, uh, Oregon state university took down the tournament. They won by eight, um, which they ran away with it in singles. They had a seven stroke or, a, a, yeah, seven stroke lead in singles. And then in their, uh, after their team round, they shot the hot round by a stroke. So took it down by eight Portland state was at four or so Oregon state was at 32 over par Portland state at 40 over par. And then the university of Oregon at 75 over par, I mean, they basically blew it in singles yeah. for the University of Oregon, but uh, all the double scores are tight. So I think it definitely re- the averages is really bringing the scores together, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Because I mean, if we look over at NC State, um, back to the the single side, we had Michael Jort uh, winning the tournament with a ten thirty nine rated round. It's incredible. And oh, then yeah. The two players, and then second place people, thousand plus as well. Exactly, thousand seven. And I think third. So, I think third place was nine ninety nine. So we see some like real good play coming out of there. Um, and a lot of the, I believe there was two NC state players in the top five, something like that. No NC state player shot over par. Um, but unfortunately because of their bad first round and doubles, which had them seven strokes out of it, 
with the four players averaging, they were only able to make up four of that, which again would have normally been 16 strokes over four strokes, which is just a, a crazy difference yeah. we see there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just thinking about, I mean, with this Oregon State, Portland State, the eight get eight stroke gap um, averaging scores, you know, that's picking up like only being down by two instead yep. of being down by eight. Right. It changes a lot. So it'll be really cool to watch this like really take effect at nationals when you have a huge field of people yeah. like, you know, are people bringing their a game? If someone's falling back, like how is it affecting the team? Yeah. And it's not going to just completely shoot a team in the foot. If one of their players, you know, puts up like a nine thirty rated round or a, like a sub 900 rated round. Well, or if you have like a, a like freshman three. shoot, like nine ten rated or yeah, something, Justin the- Rozak on our <laughs> team, you know, he's supposed to be the best one. He's actually on the boards, but yeah. he, uh, he shot nine ten. He did injure his shoulder during the round. Okay. We he, have to give credit to him, but it's he did, fine. He still shot he nine ten. So like yes. what you were saying, Hey, prop, it, props to him for finishing it. Yeah, that's true. And apparently he came yeah. back and had a very clutch final round. Well, there you go. From what I heard, uh, so he made up for it the next day. I don't know if it was just like he tweaked something in his shoulder yeah. um, and then was able to come back the next day or what, what exactly happened. But uh, the next question I had was about nationals as far as results went, <laughs> but that might not be a relevant topic with some of the news that dropped today. So why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us the news and then um, we'll discuss it a little bit with you and get, uh, get the opinions. I think we're all on the same page on where we feel. But we'll I feel see. like everything that we have to talk about today requires jeff to be here <laughs> no, i'm serious because we have memorial I, I, next yeah, i know i was reading the whole agenda and i'd love to stay and chat with because whenever you guys want to have because we have memorial next Waco, memorial, we've got brody whatever. which is all team stuff tournament stuff That's, i mean i'm good with it <laughs> all right go ahead jeff what yeah, college disc golf go for it. all day so if you haven't seen it yet collegiate disc golf announced this afternoon that they are indefinitely postponing the collegiate national championship Gone. this year um to the extent so and because of the coronavirus um, to the extent so far, we'll see like what this, you know, plays out. Uh, I talked to the director of college disc golf on the phone, John Baker today, see, see if I can get any more information out of him, you know, more than just the simple, like couple of bullet points and just a paragraph really that their press release was, it was not very in depth of what was going behind this decision. And I asked John, I said, Hey, what was your guys thoughts behind this? The PDGA just released a statement this past weekend. They said, um, they were monitoring the coronavirus. They were working with the World Health Organization to see uh, what they what kind of decisions they should be making. And they said they don't currently see this changing any of their major or elite series events. And, you know, what is it? Four days later, I think this was posted on Sunday. Four days later, collegiate, uh, College Disc Golf cancels their national championship event in response to this. Um, so I tried to, you know, get some more information from John. Uh, asked if this had to do with you know, when they're one of their hosts of the events now, Winthrop University. I said, hey, does this have to do with them? Or have they made a statement? Do they not want any unnecessary events happening on campus? He said Winthrop University hasn't made a statement, so it doesn't affect them. Um, I said, you know, well, how does this deal with what the PDGA has said? Are you guys working with them on this? Have you made the decision on your own? They said, you know, we're not really the same as a PDGA event as any other PDGA event. We're not really like a disc golf pro tour event or any of these other events, which I don't really understand. You know, they people are. <laughs> traveling all over the country to play a major or an elite series event. And like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't one, get that. That one kind of just threw me. I didn't get that comment. And I was kind of just like, can you elaborate on that for me? And he didn't really have any more to say about what he meant by that. But, um, yeah, kind of, kind of some weird, I just got a weird vibe from my whole conversation about like what was happening. And they basically said, um, 
they made the decision what they thought was right and you know they're hoping that things will change that they can potentially reschedule the collegiate national championships later this year if they even can reschedule them at all but you know we'll see where this goes yeah i've got a few things here and then i'll let you go yeah so okay number one it's a pdga major right yeah. Okay. So why are you trying to say like you're not like other PDGA majors? Because you're a PDGA major. You have people coming from all over the country, which they do at PDGA member uh, at majors, right? So what's different yep. there? Uh, there's all over the world, even. Yeah, the world, right? So why would yeah. the PDGA not cancel PDGA majors or elite series or disc golf pro tour and stuff, but college nationals? is shut down. I think it's got to do probably something with, um, Winthrop just because I know a lot of schools are shutting down and they're going fully online. So I was on the exact same page as both of you seem to be right now. And then I read Christopher's comment that he just made. And it makes a lot of sense if this was kind of the reason behind it. Um, I can't, I can only see half the comment, but basically he's saying college classes, college classes and campuses are canceling classes and basically ending school for the rest of the year. Well, Um, they're going online. Going online, but yeah. if I okay, if I was a student that lived in let's just say Texas, yeah, and Liberty canceled classes the rest of the year, I'm going home to Texas. Well, yeah, but you're still but, you're not finished. But go ahead. Yeah, but yeah. um, so maybe that played into their factor uh, of a lot of players might not be on campus. We're gonna have to fly. They're gonna ha- yeah. it's gonna be a logistical nightmare. Let's wait till who knows maybe August and as soon as the school year starts, have them come back or could be. Um, because before then, I'm thinking we're talking about. Collegiate nationals, we're talking like 300 players. Yeah. Uh, zero gallery. Yep. You know, the, the only gallery is other players coming to yeah, watch there is or no gallery. friends and family. So we'll, we'll say a 20 to 30 person gallery before other yeah. players come in to factor. Um, and they're traveling across the country, yes. But like Jeff just mentioned, or it might have been you, uh, players are coming across the country to Pro Tours, National the Tours, world. Majors. The world. The world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Europe. I mean, everywhere. So uh, there's no fierce, like there's no risk factor that's higher. At the, uh, all the risk factors are lower at this event than they are at the events that are still going on. Yeah. Um, I agree. And if this was the reasoning behind it, you know, the, the colleges can't canceling classes and that whole logistical error, then that should have been in the, the post. Um, I, but I don't believe it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think, I just think it might have been a slight communication error between Maybe. college disc golf and the post. Maybe it was like a rush to get it out so that people could cancel their reservations. John Baker bus plane is on plans. the boards and he said, yes, dot, dot, dot. Sweet. So I guess that's the answer. It was so, Winthrop basically. Um, okay. Yeah. It makes total I, sense. Whether now. It was Winth- if he, and if John can clarify, if he's referring to, yes, it was Winthrop calling this, or if this was other schools that were saying, like for example, I know that some he did mention that some schools were potentially suspending travel okay. of their teams and stuff on unnecessary travel. But Could you know, be. again, it's uh, it's tough to say. Like, yeah. are you going to punish everybody in college disc golf based on you know what a couple couple of schools are limiting? So, uh, so what about? I mean, let's just say if it was just Winthrop, then like I know this is rough because people have like already hotel stuff, but just push it to IDGC again. Well, then you're. I think you're also now find pushing a new venue. Yeah. I mean, that's going to, that's a logistical nightmare. I would imagine it's a possibility, but it might be something of, I mean, if, if everyone's staying in like, and if you, I, I don't know if you got, you guys have been there before, like Rock Hill is literally 20 minutes South of Charlotte, right? Yeah. There are courses for days in Charlotte. They've hosted countless PDGA majors there. Like if it's Winthrop university saying you guys can't have your event here. Cool. Like Renaissance gold Hornets nest. Like there are world-class courses 20 minutes up the road. Mm-hmm. 
and people are probably not adjusting that much of their travel. Like, wouldn't even need to adjust their travel plans to yeah. make that happen. Yeah, I think the yeah, biggest. So, I don't know. Obviously, it's bigger than we understand right yeah, now because we don't know anything. Yeah, so. I think that's part of it. Is the uh, the I think the press release might have been. I don't want to say rushed because I, I don't think this decision. Well, this decision could have been I'm rushed. Gonna, well, I'm gonna, oh, oh, I'm going to say it's rushed. Me too. I'm going to call this out. Do it. Go ahead. Um, so, College Disc Golf put on their Twitter today. They posted uh, a Hump Day humor post where they like made this joking post about preparing for coll- like what should I be doing to f- prepare for collegiate nationals and this like silly gif of like a duck like stomping on a drum or something like it was like my brain it's like a duck stomping on a drum like yep. I don't even understand what the heck it means <laughs> it like was just like okay cool whatever that was and then four hours later they tweet a thing that's hey we're canceling or indefinitely postponing yeah stop saying cancel indefinitely postponing college nationals like so to me that says hey like let's post this funny thing about getting ready for collegiate nationals and then in, within four hours they had a meeting where they said hey maybe we shouldn't have college nationals uh huh what do you guys think talked about it discussed it and basically within that time came to a decision to say hey we're going to cancel this because there's no way like i mean again as a like if i was running an organization or a like you know college disc golf a, like a governing body of a like sport i wouldn't post a let's get ready for collegiate nationals post if there was like a discussion on the fence about yes. canceling it that was already been happening before today yes unless you and know. now they have since and now they have since deleted that tweet that they tweeted four hours ago right. but me and zach grabbed screenshots of it earlier <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're sneaky uh Unless there was maybe Winthrop hasn't made their like public posts that college disc golf can't publicly say it was Winthrop maybe. and Could maybe be. like Winthrop called them after that post and said like, Hey, you know, we're canceling all events on campus and college disc golf was kind of back into a corner of, well, what do we do? We have a major in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't Could know. Be. Again, I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate right? to give them the benefit of the doubt. Obviously there's a lot of questions that have not been answered. Um, hopefully, these questions will be answered over the next few days or so. Um, and, and a reason why, like I'm not, I feel like even the player, like I get that you could, everyone's upset and it, it makes sense, but you got to look at across the country, all schools, a lot of schools are closing. Yeah. Like this is going to get worse before it gets better. And college nationals being, you know, postponed. Isn't like the worst thing in the world. Right. But it's yeah. pretty bad, but you know, because people paid a lot of money when they are getting refunds. Well, like, or, uh, well, maybe for their, so for example, the university of Oregon, they just go. book their flights, mm. hotels, rental cars. I don't know. They're not like I'm in their group chat still with their leadership team. They're not sure how much money they're going to get refunded. Right. If they can even get refunds for some of their things, you know, and they're they're at, They could potentially be out thousands of dollars because yeah. they have to travel across the country right. where other schools, you know, just hop in their cars and they drive, they drive for yeah, yeah. 45 minutes. I know for, for Liberty, so, it's as simple as a uh, cancel the hotel reservation, which far enough out yeah. and call the bus driver and say, we're not going yeah. and cancel the bus. Uh, so for schools on the East coast, it's, you know, you Pretty should be simple. able to get all your money back and it shouldn't be an issue, but schools on the West coast, that is true. I would hope that, airlines which this is all gonna be the airlines hands i'd hope because of the coronavirus in general airlines are generous with understanding people not wanting to travel um i would imagine for legal reasons they would have to be because if you kind of told them like well no i'm not giving you your money back and you force someone to travel and they catch the coronavirus here comes a lawsuit delta but um i don't know definitely interesting i would you know what i feel bad for is players like uh, on liberty's team pete uh, current just say well all yeah, seniors. So yeah i'm just all saying seniors people yeah. that i can yeah, this relate is another to another thing that i discussed with john as i said well 
you know, what are your guys' thoughts about eligibility? Have you guys considered this at all besides the seniors or even the players that like are like not going to be able to finish with their team for whatever reason? Are they going to extend their eligibility if they've already competed this year? Like what's yeah. their plan? They said we haven't really had any thoughts about that yet about eligibility, but you know, that was John said one of their biggest concerns was obviously the seniors and the people that were losing the opportunity three weeks before nationals to compete yeah. there yeah the reason i said pete was like for instance pete's going i believe to law school yeah next year at a completely different school and most people will be going like except for like small local campuses most people that will be going back home to different states and stuff like that at least especially from the liberty team and so if you're a senior and you're graduating and moving to get a job you're not really going to care when april rolls back around next year to be like oh i need to yeah. get use a week of my vacation to go to collegiate nationals yeah. for a week like it, and so that sucks because you miss yeah. a, a whole year of that if even if <coughs> your eligibility is rolled over to the next year or if it's given you know if they play it in the middle of the summer uh it's kind of the same issue that we were talking about originally of nationals being at the end of may back when they first announced that of players graduating and having to come back and stuff like that so a lot of logistical stuff yeah, that know. are going on behind the scenes right now i'm sure yeah, I know for the University of Oregon, for uh, example, if you are not currently enrolled as a student, they won't even let you travel with a club sports team, whether you're like so clubs like college disc golf has the rule that if you graduate like in the fall, you can still play nationals that spring. University of Oregon, they wouldn't allow that. You're not currently taking classes. You are not an actively enrolled student. So you are no longer eligible for club sports. Yeah, that's so, exactly what's going to happen. You know, yeah. And which would be really unfortunate for some of these players yep. like. Definitely. There's a lot of guys I know, like, you know, even though University of Oregon kind of sucked at uh, the Northwest Collegiate Invitational, one of their players won the individual side of the event, averaging 1,009 rated golf. Like, and he was in the, he made the final round lead card at Nationals last year. I'm sure he's really disappointed and really looking, was really looking forward to getting out there and competing this year. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I, in the end, yeah. I think it comes down to obviously bigger than what we we are talking about right now right because there's there's stuff that is obviously out of their hands too it's not like this was all a planned thing yeah so well the question also that is going to be raised if the coronavirus continues to spread which i would imagine come summer as the you know air warms up that normally built boosts the immune system and stuff like that i would imagine as summer rolls around the coronavirus won't become non-existent but will become a lesser and lesser thing um, but if it didn't for some reason, if this is something like we've never seen before and it, it keeps spreading and growing, there might be concerns of worlds um, or, of you know, as we get to the majors. Um, well, just all of them in general. Well, yeah, but worlds is the, the biggest. I'm trying to think of ones that like people are coming from Finland. You might have players from, yeah. say, Italy or Jackie Chen. Well, Italy, you're not allowed to. It, well, yeah, they're but that's well, currently they're but they could open it back up. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean, though, where, where you do have these players that are supposed to be flying from countries and areas yeah. that the coronavirus is a lot bigger than it is currently in the U.S. I'm sure the U.S. is headed that way because it seems like every day the cases here double or triple. Um, but that's definitely going to be something that the PDGA is going to have to keep a close eye on. And I'm sure yeah. as they keep a close eye, we'll, we'll be keeping a close eye on it. But, yeah. All right. Next. Um, memorial memorial results and, and obviously and we're news. a little late but yeah, uh we're, we're rolling on here but uh let's just keep going well, no, yeah, I bet, a lot of I meant a lot we're of, late like it was two weeks ago news. oh yeah yeah so if people are confused as why we're just now talking about memorial i was out of town last week yeah uh i went to florida to disney world 
he he caught the coronas. I, I didn't actually. Well, actually, I won't know yet because fourteen coronies. days. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was in a mass gathering of people in Florida, so really bad idea from that standpoint. But we'll um, <laughs> guess we'll find out here shortly. Oh my um, gosh, that's terrible. Because that means I get it too. Because yeah. we're together all the time. Anywho, uh, the memorial. So break down. You were there. Uh, we obviously were not. Yep. Um, break down kind of what happened on the grounds there. I know later in the podcast, Zach and I'll talk about the coverage and stuff like that. But uh, what what was going on on the grounds? What was the feeling of seeing players like Eagle and Ricky come back and and all that good stuff? Yeah, so I'll start with Eagle. Um, I got to play a practice round with him. Uh, we met up and played one of the rounds at Vista. Um, I mean, I could tell that he wasn't didn't look like he was going to really skip a beat. Like his game looked good. He looked sharp. He was throwing all the shots he was throwing before. Full power back hands, which was his DGC after he fractured his hand. Um, he was back ripping shots, you know, as much as he has been before. So. He's back. He's healthy. He's feeling feeling good. Um, we talked a lot of it. He's completely confident and doesn't think he's going to have any issues with it. Um, well, that's good to hear. Ricky, on the other hand, yeah, heard some stuff hand, about that. Yeah. So the thing that was very noticeable is if you followed like him in person, he was basically limping the whole weekend. He had wow. something going on with his knee. His knee was like swollen. Uh, he didn't really at the time want to admit that it could be maybe like a side effect of Lyme disease, but now is kind of more this week. Uh, it seems like whatever the swelling that he had in his, uh, right knee is now moved to his right elbow. Um, so I saw him out at the course today and he was basically exclusively throwing forehands. Um, doesn't know if he can really throw a backhand right now and is not looking good. I'll be honest about that. He does not look like he's looking like he's in a good spot. And also like, again, back to the coronavirus, I'm worried about his health just in general yeah. being potentially exposed to this yeah. with a disease that weakens your immune system. Like he's yeah. like now every week putting his life in jeopardy. If you ask me being on tour, like I yeah. like think either he needs to go get some help, get some antibiotics, get something to like boost his immune system or he should get off the road for a while. Like, I kind of it's agree. It's honestly concerning to me. Be- I do uh, agree because, you know, obviously the people that are at risk for this, you know, most are elderly and people with weak immune systems. So if he has Lyme disease yeah. and it's weakening his immune system and he's coming in contact with, you know, fans, oops, sorry, fans, players from, you know, out of the country, it, it could be, if he gets it, it could be pretty bad because yeah. he doesn't have that immune system to fight it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, it, it's that was one thing as well. The disc golf pro tour issued a statement and they said, uh, you know, if you're going out to watch your favorite pro this weekend, like, don't be offended if they don't want to shake your hand, give yeah. you a fist pump, high five, even sign a disc. Yeah, because it's something that the NBA even stated as a policy. They told their players to yeah. not high five the fans. Don't take balls, jerseys, whatever to autograph from games, yep. like minimize contact. And I think. For disc golf, especially like in the like for example basketball, you know if you're dangling a jersey over the stands trying to get your favorite player to sign it, you're like you don't expect them yeah. to come up and sign it. But if you go walk up to Paul McBeth and you say, "Hey, can you sign this disc?" Like people would kind of consider him a jerk if he didn't sign yep. that disc. Exactly. But you know this week you got to be realistic. If you go up and ask Paul to sign a disc, he might be like, "Sorry, I'm not doing that this like right now." Yeah. yeah, or something. So I, I saw the Pro Tour made it where it was up to the players, and that they didn't cancel any of the like player appearances and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I would almost um, 
as a precaution to the players, I would have almost canceled it because I know, like, for instance, I know Paul and I know most likely Paul isn't going to turn that down because he knows, he knows who he is. He knows his following, his fan base. And, you know, he knows that this might be the only chance that someone gets to come out to Waco to see him and someone might've traveled to watch him play. Um, yeah. And so it's going to be hard for him to say no. You know it, I mean? it will be. It's almost like it, the pro tour needed to make him say no. Now for Paul, you know, risk of dying wise, it's pretty much non-existent. He's healthy. He's in his mid twenties, but like you were saying for someone like Rick or we, you know, there's other players on tour with Lyme's disease yeah. that have had it for a long time. Um, players like that, are in the same boat as Paul where it's hard for them to say no. They have the same following. They have the same reasons where they want to, they want, if you, if you walked up to Rick, he'd want to sign your disc. He's a, I mean, all, I haven't met a disc golfer that wouldn't want to do that. They're all genuinely nice, but for his own health interests, like you were saying, he might have to say no. And the question is, will he, say no yeah. um, when it's all said. And yeah. Done. And he's, and Rick's, Rick's also a guy that normally sets up a little booth and does bending too. Right. If there's yeah. a fly mart or something, you know, you might not expect to see him there anymore. I know, for example, Eagle told me he's not doing any handshakes, high fives, fist bumps, huh. with any fans. Like if you come up to him, you don't expect more than just, hello, how's it going? Yeah. It um, is I think a- Holly, Holly Finley said the same. There's a lot of pros that are like saying, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be contacting you. I think Brody was kind of in the same boat. Like some guy came up to him and like really wanted a handshake, but he was like, God, the best I'll give you is a fist bump. Like, sorry. Yeah. Um, is, you uh, know, and you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Like, you got to respect these guys and you know, they're professional athletes trying to do their job. Disc golfers are in a lucky position, honestly, to even be able to go up and speak to these people. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, if this was, if, if these are golfers, they'd be on the other side of the fence at Waco looking through the fence, right. watching them play their practice. They, they'd be lucky just to, to be sitting on them the, on the course today. Like yeah. people were following us on the course. Yeah. yeah. They'd Is, be lucky uh, to be on the green of 18 watching yeah. Tiger Woods chip in. Like it, it, we're in a much different spot in the sport, which is bad, totally. in, bad in a case like this, but good yes. in every other way. <laughs> Is Gibson going to yeah. be signing any autographs or giving fist bumps? I know he's sitting next to you. I don't know. Hey Drew, are you going to be uh, signing any autographs this weekend? Uh, he's sleeping. He's done with the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. he said. Nope. Um, yeah. So like, that's where, that's where I think if I was the pro tour, I might've went ahead and canceled all of it. Um, just because then you don't want people's feelings to get hurt too. Of I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm not thinking about coronavirus, Paul, or, uh, let's just say, uh, Kale LaVisca just signed my disc and Paul said, no, Paul's a jerk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you know, um, that'll happen. Yeah. yeah. That's going to happen. Uh, and so yeah, that's, I, I would expect, you know, announcements before the like rounds from yeah. Jeff spring or the yeah, other yeah. disc golf pro tour staff about like interactions and stuff with the players this week. And uh, it should definitely be something that should be publicized a lot more I just agree. to set expectations of people coming to the events. Yeah. yeah. I, I did see where they said they're going to have a lot of hand washing stations out there, which is okay. a good yes. step in the right direction. Cause that's a big way to prevent the spread of this. Yeah. But from what I understand with the coronavirus, it's even like, if we're us being this close, if I happen to cough, even if I tried covering it and you breathe that air somehow, that's all it would take. Well, um, also it like, it like lives yeah. on your, on fabric for like, I don't, I can't remember how long, multiple days or hours or whatever. Yeah. It lives on like surfaces for days. So like, you know, it could be on someone's bag cause they're touching all their discs, putting in their discs or it could be on your shirt and just continue to be there for hours until you yeah. wash your clothes or whatever. So like if I wash my hands, what to do if I come over here and I touch shoulder, well, it's all over your clothes. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, I didn't have to touch you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously we're not doctors, so we, we're not, you know, <laughs> not what we're saying experts. has no yeah. credibility, but yeah. 
it's definitely uh hopefully the the pro tour makes a another statement about it as it continues to i guess get worse is the way to put it but yeah um we shall we shall see that so as far as waco goes um any players you're on the grounds there any players that you have seen warming up that you feel might be kind of an underdog right now but might but look like they're they're ready to make a move at this tournament uh tough to say yeah like i so <clears throat> excuse me i got like a little bit of a cough right now don't Uh-oh. worry not oh no Uh-oh. a little bit of a little bit like a cold and i'm like I've run out of my water here, so I'm like trying to survive here. <laughs> you can go get some um, if you need it. Well, I'll get some when you guys do like your sponsor spot or something okay. like that. We'll, there we we'll, go. I'll take a break for a second, but um, I mean, I was I played like a lot of my practice rounds with Adam Chandler, um, Paul Brody, Yuli, a lot of the Discraft guys mainly. Drew, I mean, there's a lot of good like people are throwing the disc well um there's a little bit of changes to the course they change some of the pin positions on some of the par fours make them a little bit tougher more legit um they also adjusted the par on three holes so last year was a par 67 it's now par 64 yep so it'll be a lot harder you'd have to basically shoot 21 down of last year's course to shoot a 18 down now uh the final hole the par four over the water is now par three yeah yeah and um which it legitimately is, you know, it's 492 yeah. feet, but it's da- it's downhill. Right. Um, the only thing that's unfortunate this year is last year we had a really favorable wind. This year it's been kind of a ripping headwind <laughs> every day on that hole. So it is a really hard par three. It's going to be interesting. Uh, right now. But in, in good conditions, it's a par three. And then, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the two par fives are now par fours. Okay. Very interesting. It's going to be definitely different. You can go. Yeah, let's, let's go jump get water. into our sponsor spot. We'll take the, yeah. yeah, do your sponsor go. spot. We're keeping Jeff on for the podcast. Correct? Yeah, the yeah we're keeping it? Jeff on. Okay, we'll, we'll, go ahead, go. we'll uh, cut Jeff off when we get to our foundation news at the very, very end. But other than that, I think most topics, uh, it'll be good to have yeah. Jeff's take on as most of them are current events and stuff that he's on the ground watching. So sponsor spot. Uh, as always, this episode is brought to you by FoundationDiscs.com. We offer a wide selection of discs and are adding more brands in 2020, such as Discmania, Legacy, and more. If you're and and us already on there, if you're not sure <laughs> what disc will accomplish a certain shot, you can fill out the disc recommendation form and have personalized suggestions in your email within 24 hours. We offer competitive prices, custom stamps, exclu- exclusive apparel, and more. Check us out at FoundationDiscs.com uh, to learn more. We also um, and we haven't made a post about this, to my knowledge, but we just added some prototype onyxes. No, that went up today, didn't it? Did you make the post? No. Yeah, we, we added some uh, prototype there. onyxes. Uh, we also have some prototype Zeuses on our website, and you can see the dome level on both of those discs. So if you're looking for a domey Zeus or you like a flatter onyx, whatever it may be, you can check that out, um, as well as we restocked Luna's Challenger SS's Jawbreaker Banger GTs, which I didn't know were a thing. I think they're pretty I didn't new. Either. Uh, we have those now on the site and uh, still have some Ledgestone discs as well. Mm-hmm. So all that jazz, check it out at foundationdiscs.com. And welcome back, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so um, yeah. from for the memorial, I want to stick on uh, stick on this a little bit longer. I know you were on the ground, so you might not have as much of an opinion. But the the debut of the Disc Golf Network, I've um, got opinions. Let's hear. Uh, yeah, I didn't get as I didn't get a ton of I didn't get to watch the coverage very much since I was I watched it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> the final two days at Vista, I was set up vending at the course, so I was watching the live coverage back in my booth. Gotcha. And. Yeah, Zach, I know you got a lot of opinions you want to share, so I'll let you take off on the Pro Tour Network. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. So 
this is not coverage that's going to be worth. If you're not a pre-GM member, I don't think right now it's worth the $85. Now, why? Okay. So if this is, you know, something that they're fully rolling out to where only that last round is free and you've really got, you've got to pay to watch. I shouldn't have to, after a shot, be looking at the sky and this guy twirling around doing circles, right? Because that, that's very unprofessional, very annoying. Or like, I shouldn't, after a shot, be thrown down to the grass and be looking at the grass or something like that. Um, also, with the women, we missed every round. We missed up to like eight holes or nine holes of the women, which is ridiculous because you push their time. That was the point of their thing. Yeah, exactly. Of their tea time setup. You, you push their time back. Up. Yeah. You push their times back <clears> so they would be covered more and they are now covered less than last year. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in the smaller boat that I enjoy watching women's coverage. Um, I know some people don't and whatever, that's fine. You might think it's boring. I don't. Um, and I think it's really interesting to watch. So I was kind of bummed out that I didn't get to watch as much as I could have last year, right? Why push them back and then not do what you said? I just think that they weren't able to do the whole split coverage. They would once in a while do split coverage or like another thing that made me mad. Sorry, this is so many things. No, keep going. Like they would go Damn to, <laughs> they would go to like Nate and uh, what, what's that guy's name? Uh, Jamie, Jamie Thomas. And then like they'd come back to coverage and we missed Paul's tee shot. What are you doing? Like, I don't care right now what you say. I want to see five-time world champion throw the yeah. disc. I want to see Drew throw a buzz 500 feet. Yeah, go to go to picture in picture or something. Yep. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I want to see this Drew. Is just, this is like a new crew just working working in the kinks out. See, hopefully. this is this is where yeah. this is where we're seeing, in my opinion, it's a similar issue to last year, but slightly better. Yeah. So last year we saw a new crew that wasn't tested go out in the memorial and like do a horrible job to be honest with you of live coverage it got slowly better as the year went on um this year it was definitely an improvement over last year's memorial yeah and i think it was an improvement in certain ways over live coverage in general from what we've seen um but in other ways like what zach just said uh was definitely lacking um i did like the fact that picture in picture was a thing Mm -hmm. uh they showed the capability of that which they always had the capability because I right now have the capability and I know half as much as these guys. So I know they always had that capability, but, um, they, they utilized it. So, you know, being able to see stuff like that, where, you know, that they can take those steps. Um, I think a lot of people were in the same boat as Zach and I, where this is our testing. Like we, we didn't pay for it yet. Well, now we have, but I'll explain (laughs) why, um, as we get towards Waco, probably for the same reason anyone that's paid since then has, um, but we hadn't paid for it yet. And we were looking at just the live coverage. We weren't looking at inside the circle. We weren't looking at player interviews because we didn't have access to that unless you paid. So we were looking at live coverage and saying, is this live coverage good enough to make me pay for the rest of the year? And the answer was no. Uh, there, there wasn't enough improvement for me to be willing, even as a PDGA member, to shell out five bucks a month additional, which five bucks a month seems like nothing, but I can watch it other than the first round. I can watch it on Jomez the next day yeah. and get better quality. I'm not going to miss a shot. And, you know, I, I like the commentary more. Right. Um, well, me too. So That's I think besides the point. You like, you like Big Sexy better than Nate and, Nate and Jamie? Slightly, yes. Was that being <laughs> was that sarcastic? See, I'm, I, I'm the I'm the off I'm the opposite. Really, I don't particularly yeah. enjoy Nate's commentary because I, I definitely really? didn't I, like Doss or sexy. I, I like Nate's. Uh, Nate Doss. I didn't like. Oh, Nate Doss. Okay. Nate Doss 
Um, especially I didn't like him with his wife. Nate Doss is kind of a savage if you haven't noticed. He like, is. If you throw a bad <laughs> shot, he's going to let you he know that, that was yeah. terrible. I yeah. was telling, uh, I was talking with a local pro. Um, I saw that someone just bought a month of disc golf network for us so thank you is that you, what it says Chris, no that's not what it says just, that's just, 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 just that, that, it's just that right right amount of price thank you Chris but, uh, appreciate that yeah huge shout out to Chris Neal disc golf I don't know if he has disc golf videos on his channel but if he does go, go ahead and uh check out his channel because yeah. uh thanks for the super chat um anywho um I was talking with a local pro and I was saying that I like the idea of what they're trying to do with Nate Dawson and Jamie Thomas where they have a uh, one person that's just a color commentator and that's their job is to keep talking to fill the no when to fill the dead air and stuff like that. And they have a player who can say, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I threw this when I was there. Um, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. The, the combination of Nate Doss and Jamie Thomas, I like both of them. But when they were together, I don't know. I don't know if it was a chemistry thing. I don't know if it was for some reason. I just didn't really like it that much. Um, but that that is all personal preference. You're right. Really. Because uh, like I like uh, Dick Vitale. Uh, which you probably don't know who he is, but I know a lot of people hate him on college on college basketball. I like him. I think he's funny, uh, and that's just preference. You know what I mean? Um, hey, someone said we need some Jeff Corners hey. stickers. I we like can that. make Jeff Corners stickers. I have the logo right there. Yeah, uh, we, we can, will. We can order those. Thanks for the super chat. There I can't go. see his name. Can you see it? Calvin Reynolds. Thank you, Calvin Reynolds. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Sick. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it was a slight letdown. Um, do you happen to know any statistics as to how many paying members they currently have? I know the viewership was insane. I know there was like 13,000 and 5,000 for the women, but what is the, they had had 13,000 concurrent viewers, um, which is pretty great. You know, that rivals final round of pro worlds last year. Wow. Like that's really good. Um, I don't know now. I'll definitely talk to Jeff Spring after the tournament, and we'll talk about it next week for sure about how many subscri- like subscriptions they got. Because um, I'm pretty sure you'd be willing to share that information. Jeff's been pretty open and talking about a lot of the different things the Disc Golf Pro Tour is doing, whether it's format, the future of the like tour, events they want to get to. You know, he's been pretty open and talking about it, which is great. I think it's really good for the tour. Um, and I definitely have really enjoyed just in general chatting with Jeff a lot. He's a lot more available. It feels like than kind of Steve was. Um, yeah, I will say, so, I don't know where this number came from, but I remember seeing a post. I don't know if this was on the pro tour. I should have done my research, but here I am, uh, talking without facts, but I, I saw, I wish I could remember if this was on pro tour, but I could have swore it was that they were posting like statistics from the thing. And I could have swore did. I saw 1300 subscribers. They did post the amount of subscribers. It was on Instagram. I think it's on Pro Tour's Instagram. Yeah. So they might have already posted it from. They might have already posted it from the memorial. Yeah, I got my phone. Um, which I will say, from what I know about coverage and the cost that goes into it, thirteen hundred ain't going to cut this. Um, especially we can assume we'll we'll just say half is PGA members. So the the cost average is going to be what like six bucks. So we're talking about like a little over, probably like. 7,000 total uh, a month that probably isn't going to cover, cover their costs. Yeah. Um, with what they're trying to do now they're um, we'll go ahead and jump into Waco. Cause I know everyone's waiting to hear about this, but they've, they've put Brody. Do you want to go over the stats hunter? Cause I found that. Yeah. Post. Yeah. Like, read it. Let's it. do this. All right. So it says re- like, it's a thing. It's like, were you watching the live coverage? You weren't alone. Let's run some of the numbers. Uh, the total number of minutes watched on the disc golf network was almost 200,000 minutes of coverage. Uh, they had 1,500 subscribers. 
uh, the average uh, number. Let's see, what is this? Average minutes uh, of content per subscriber was over 130 minutes. Uh, so just over wow. two hours of coverage. Um, and then we've got viewership stats, uh, peak concurrent viewers. They got on Sunday over 13,000 and then kind of hovering around 8,000 for the other days. And then the total views on the coverage uh, going from Thursday to Sunday was 49,000, 55,000, 59,000, and then 73,000. Okay. Um, The average retention time per user uh, that timed in was around 40 minutes. That's not too bad. Yeah. So definitely definitely good numbers. Um, And then their post-production, they actually – they show their post-production partners – total views jomez pro had over eight hundred and fifty thousand total views uh gk pro over ninety thousand gatekeeper eighty six thousand so that's like 1.25 million total views of the memorial now real quick let me throw this in there i don't know if this is gonna which way this will go but since i watched (laughs) sorry since i watched the entire tournament live I didn't watch any post production this year. Yeah, did you? No. If I watch, I don't if know. I watch around live. I don't watch post. But like, they were different cards too. But like, that's just a lot of disc golf to watch. Well, I always so unless someone wins off of chase card, I only watch lead card. Right. So like, I don't know. Is this going to cause people to watch less of post production or more because they're not going to want to pay? I feel like I think it's going to even out separate the field uh, of people that want to watch um, people that want to watch live. They're going to pay and watch live and they're not going to watch posts and people that don't want to pay are going to just watch post. Yeah. Um, But at the end of the day, like we kind of talked about before long term, I think that's what the disc golf network wants. Yeah. Uh, I think they, they want the people to pay watch live right. not that they don't want them to watch posts but they want the the live to kind of be the future from what i understand so keith allen just posted out there and then retracted his message but i saw it he said that the live coverage was great but i was being a nitpicker if i'm going to pay 80 dollars, i'm I, I can nitpick anything i want to i will say so after we paid today which uh the reason we paid was to watch brody play tomorrow which I think a, a lot of people have done yeah. that. So obviously for Waco, their subscribers numbers are going to spike. Um, I did pay today. And after I paid, I was like, well, I might as well check out the inside the circle and some of these interviews that I could have seen. Yeah. Um, and in general, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty uh, happy with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would pay five bucks for that alone. Yeah. Uh, or $9 a month for that alone, but it, it was not bad. Like the, the interviews, the inside the circle, um, I, you can tell they're kind of new to it. I think that they'll improve it. They're doing a better job than I could. So I'm not, I'm just saying the, the quality we, I was expecting when I heard like the jump yeah. and stuff like that from ESPN was a little bit higher. Um, but I think it, part of it is, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the main interviewer, um, I think he's just not super experienced in front of a camera yet and he's getting there. Mo. Yeah. So I think as, as more of these happen, it'll, it'll get better and better and that'll make, make the value of it go up and up. Um, but I, I, what I seen them, I did like it and I am excited to be able to watch that for Waco. Um, be able to kind of partner that with the live coverage. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine, uh, their, their marketing move of adding Brody, which we'll go ahead and get our opinions on this here. Wait, adding Brody to the live coverage tomorrow is going to pay off drastically because once you once and historically once you subscribe to something you're really not likely to go through the hassle of unsubscribing well a lot of these people are saying that they like they're talking in the comments that they paid for just one month 
Yeah, no, I paid month to month, but it's going to be annually recurring. And but you can pay. You could pick one month, and then you yeah, have one month or a year. Yeah, but you pick one month, and as soon as you pay, it says it, you'll be charged the next month. This oh, month okay. At the bottom, it's okay. you have to go through to cancel okay. it. Okay. Um, and yeah. I mean, I still pay for a Planet Fitness yeah. membership, and I've never Flashed went two years ago. I, I signed up a year ago, and yeah. I bought a Peloton bike like the uh, two months later. Yeah, and I've never went to the gym. But the hassle of remembering my username and password to get in, to, which I literally can't remember. I've tried to get in and try to yeah, cancel half it. Half of my subscriptions cancel when my credit card expires and I have to update <laughs> yeah. that information or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, get, you get that. You get like a bunch of emails the month after it expires and they're just like, oh, hey, your card doesn't work anymore. Please update your credit card information. And then <laughs> yeah. you're like, haha, I'm not going to pay you eight bucks a month anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's the boat I think that they're – not that their goal is because they want people to watch, but I, I – I could see where people subscribe for the Brody round and then forget about it or are like, oh, it's five bucks a month. Like I spend that much on a pour over at yeah. the local coffee shop. What, what is it? It's, yeah. it's fine. And then once you're subscribed, you're a lot more likely to stay there. One thing I, I need to mention, cause I showed this to Jeff and this is back to Memorial, the coverage The whoever runs the pro tour YouTube page was being pretty unprofessional. Um, yeah. Whoever's in the comments <laughs> section needs to chill. Yeah. So like people were complaining about the tournament and like the coverage and how they're missing shots, like especially MPO drives. And they came at and they said, we, and then in capital letters, literally, and then back to lowercase letters, <laughs> missed one drive and saw three other drives on a par four in a pip. I don't know. Pip is, but picture in picture. There you go. Picture in picture. And then everyone started complaining. Like, first of all, don't like, don't respond to us kind of like you shouldn't be doing that. And then someone said, Oh, we're going to fire you. And the guy says, good luck firing me. And then he continues where he says, and the best part is I am in total control, which, you know, because everyone's trying to say like, go back to this, go back to this. And then everyone's like, dude, like I'm now unsubscribing. Like, I'm not going to subscribe to you. You like, why are you coming back at your viewers in such way? Like you're not being professional. And I was like, dang, like they just lost like five to 10 subscribers just from like three or four messages. And you should have just kept your mouth. Like you shouldn't have said anything. So it was pretty unprofessional. Even if the person yeah, was I don't kidding, know what was going on there? Yeah, even if the if the person was kidding, the people that were responding to him were not kidding. Yeah, like, they were being pretty serious. So I screenshot there, it because I thought it was funny. Yeah, like that's what there's are you a, doing? There's a time and place for sarcasm, and when you're being criticized, it is not the time or the place for sarcasm. No, the yeah. time and place for sarcasm is when you're both like in the same mood, yeah, happy about something, and then you like sarcastically jab, and it's like like Wendy's does on social media when they jab at their competitors. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's the best type. Yeah, that's but the best. when someone's like ripping you apart and you just respond like, well, good luck firing me. I'm in total control. Yeah. Which I think they literally type. They did. Like, yeah. yes, what are did. you doing? Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's crazy. I'm going to start. That's how I'm going to start responding to people's comments down here. Yeah. Okay. If you do that, we're, like people are going to get so pissed. Like if you were serious, right? <laughs> well, there you go. If you were serious and like people were upset with you and that's how you responded, they'd be like, Okay, bye. No, oh, yeah. Like, well, I don't need you. Absolutely. And rightfully so. That's what that's how you should that's <laughs> Jeff what should says happen. someone fight me. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what should happen. People should yeah. react uh in that way because that's the best thing you can do is be like, yeah. Okay, you ticked me off. I'm but, not paying I'm not subscribing, I'm gonna go watch this on Jomez. Right. That'd be like if we after we broke the branch and then like our response excuse me. Our response wasn't what it was, but it was like, no, you guys are wrong. It was just a twig. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Everyone would be like, 
okay, screw you. Like I'm gone. Yeah, and right. I'm not watching so. your videos. Yeah. And th- there's, no? yeah. yeah. Uh, very, uh, that was surprising to me. I don't think that reflects the pro tours feeling at all. I and just think they shouldn't have responded at all. I wouldn't be surprised no. if that dude, maybe he didn't get fired, but I wouldn't be surprised if whoever it is, is not responding <laughs> to YouTube comments for Waco. Yeah. Um, I would, I would be surprised honestly, if Jeff spring and the pro tour staff hasn't already heard about this in some, oh, I'm sure they, like, I mean, I'm sure messages or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah because I think there's, I think they have a lot to live up to on the disc golf network. Like they do. it's the first disc golf, like subscription service where you're paying to watch coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And and besides the besides the featured card, because if people I saw this a couple of times in the comments, people were asking, there will be no post production of Brody's right. first exactly. round. Exactly, you have there to subscribe to see Jomez it. Jomez is Jomez is covering a different card. GK Pro I think is covering a different card. Yep. Um, and then the live card is covered by the Disc Golf Network. So yep. if you want to watch Brody's round, you're going to have to pay for it. Which is what um, we did. Yep. <laughs> because we we want yeah, to watch. So we need we want like, to be able to talk about it. They have to live up to because unless you care enough to watch Brody, like you guys essentially did, you guys only wanted to see how he's going to shoot in his first yeah. big tournament round. You can just go watch Jomas when it comes out on Jomas, and yeah. for a lot of people, that will probably be fine. Yeah. You know. So you saw the thing. They had 72,000 total views on the final round of Memorial. Jomez, over the course of the whole tournament, had 850,000 views on their videos. I don't know how many their final round had, but it's probably a lot more than the Disc Golf Pro Tour Network had. Yeah. So um, with Brody being put on feature card, uh, obviously there was a lot of people that were super in support of it, and obviously there's a lot of people that were just like when Brody got sponsored completely against it. A lot of people crying about it. Um, so let's, I think we should, uh, kind of give, we're getting towards the night. We're at the nine thirty mark. So we should probably make this part a little faster than originally hoped for, but, uh, opinions on Brody being on feature card, good or bad move, uh, fire away. We'll start with Zach, go to Jeff and then me. Okay. Fantastic move, right? This is not if he deserves it play wise, right? This is called the feature card for a reason. It's not, you know, lead yep. card or whatever. This is the first round. It's feature card. They're featuring, and I believe this was the Disc Golf Pro Tours pick, right? Yeah. So it was, Correct. right? Because there was a sponsor pick, which was Kale. There was yeah, the past so winner, which I, was Paul. Yep. So I discussed this all with um, with Jeff Spring because I said, you know, what's the format going to be for these featured cards? He says, you're going to have a past champion. So in this case, it was Paul. You're going to have the sponsor pick. So Prodigy sponsors this Disc Golf Pro Tour event. So that's Kale. Uh, you're going to have a tournament pick. So the local tournament director is going to pick somebody to be on that card. In this case, Ryan Draper picked Drew Gibson. Mm-hmm. He's affiliated with Legit Disc Golf. So that's uh, why Ryan picked him. And I mean, it's then a great you move anyway. Pro Tour. Yeah, you have a Disc Golf Pro Tour pick, which is either going to be a fan vote or the Disc Golf Pro Tour is going to pick somebody. And in this case, they want to pick Brody. Yeah. Uh, I so. mean, I, I think it's great. I think everyone crying about, oh, like, what about so-and-so yeah. who really deserves it? Like, I get it, but... I, if they deserve it, they'll be on the lead card next round, and they can be on live coverage. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. Like, you I, know? Uh, the dude, you know, play-wise, he's not a thousand-rated player, so he doesn't deserve it play-wise, but he puts in a damn ton of work. Like, I wouldn't be surprised He puts if, in more work than most touring pros that I know. That's what I was about to say. That's exactly what I was about to say. And I watch that on a regular basis. That guy is out putting yep. in sometimes multiple practice rounds a day. Yeah. And like, there are not a lot of touring pros that are even doing that. Yeah, exactly. And obviously it's a marketing move, which everyone notices, yep. but like being a marketing major and like whatever, it is the smartest thing they could have done. Cause I bet you, as soon as they announced that their subscriptions 
boom, yeah. through the roof. I mean, they probably, if they're at 1500 last week, they've got to be close to 5,000 now. I'd say more, uh, even more. I, I think it's fantastic yeah. just because even if he, this one round, and even if it's the only round all year, like you're going to get people hooked. You, yeah. you really are. And even if he loses by a ton, which I think he will, I think he's going to lose the first round by 10 strokes, maybe even more. I don't know. I don't care how he plays. It's just getting all those people yeah. that are there to watch the, you know, it's getting all those people that, you know, his followers to watch new people to watch people who know Brody are going to watch. It's just who cares how yeah. he plays. So one of the really cool things that I'll bring up in regards to this is when we had the discraft meet and greet at the memorial, there was people who were coming up and buying get freaky zones from Brody or getting pictures with him who were like, I have no idea what disc golf is. I'm just a yeah, Brody Smith fan. Right. I, I want to come exactly. out and meet you. And then they're which gonna, is pretty cool. Like people buying a disc golf disc just because they're like, Hey, this like celebrity, like he is like essentially a celebrity. Um, yeah. It has a disc with his name on. I, I'm a big Brody Smith fan. I go out to lunch with him like on a regular basis and like a little kid came out to him the other day and was like, can I take a picture with you? And he was like, oh, of course, you know? Yeah. Like he gets recognized where when we go places, like people know who he is. Yeah. I I mean, and I saw a lot of comments saying, oh, he's going to do terrible on camera. He's going to be nervous. The dude's a celebrity. He's He's not going to be nervous. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. he is. So I talked with Zach a little bit about this before uh, during the day today. And I think if anything, and I also got this a little bit from Drew, is he said that the thing that's going to be different for Brody in this round and the vibe of the lead card yeah. is it's really going to be the vibe on the card that's going to be the different differ fact, like the differing factor for him. Like he's not going to be nervous in front of cameras. Like the guy basically acts in front of cameras on a regular basis. People come watch him practice, of course, even though he's as a disc golfer, like a relatively nobody competitively wise. Um, like that's not going to be a thing. It's going to be a serious vibe on the card when we're not having a blast, like joking around, laughing with each other every other shot. Like it's going to be just more serious. Like yeah. if he throws a bad shot, there's no one who's going to be like, oh, hey, maybe like, you know, work on the angle you're releasing that on or no one's he's not going to get any critiquing from Paul during the round. Right. Like, yeah, it's going to be serious. And, and I think, I, you know, I know Chris just said that. Chris Neal or Chris Carpenter said, of course, he's going to be nervous. Yes, he's going to be nervous, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be the cameras. I mean, I think if yeah, he was a C tier, he was going to be nervous like pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think that he probably was felt more pressure at this rated league that he played because he had to shoot a certain number to even get into some of these events. Like, say he put up an 880 rated round. That would mean he'd need to go play something else and put up a 920 plus rated round to average out to being a, like eligible to play a pro tour or an elite series event. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so. he's, it's not this tournament that's going to be like, I mean, he obviously is going to want to go out there and perform as well. And right. there's a lot of expectations. He probably feels like he has to fill, but watching him play, you know, he's, he's putting up respectable rounds. He's not putting up like, and he's been pretty consistent too. Yeah. I think people are going to be surprised with what he's doing. You know, I hope like hopefully he doesn't have any like meltdown holes. Now the woods are rough out there at Waco, but he's played smart. He knows what to do. He knows how to be a golfer. Like we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So um, I'll give my opinion super fast and then I'll ask a follow up question uh, to kind of round out, I guess, the, the podcast. But um, I saw someone post and it was kind of a meme and they said basically like, uh, oh, you want to get sponsored and get a lot of money in disc golf, stop practicing and start posting, uh, basically. And to me, like that is kind of true 
like, but that's deservingly so uh, because of the fact that if you look at play wise, you have Paul, who's basically the Tiger Woods of the modern era, Tiger Woods of disc golf, where he is going to have this draw because of his play. But then you have Brody who, if you combine the top 10 social media accounts in disc golf prior to Brody, they don't even touch him. And so you have Brody who has this huge influence. uh, And like you said, he's bringing in players to buy zones and stuff like that, that have never played disc golf before. The only way they've seen disc golf is through Brody. And now they are, you know, possibly even paying to the disc golf network to watch a full disc golf round just because Brody's in it. And all of this is happening. And that is literally that is growing the sport. And Brody is capable of growing the sport because of his social media following, possibly even more than uh, Paul or someone is because of their play. Because Paul is, you know, he's disc golf famous, you know, where he he's more so famous than, you know, your average disc golfer. But Outside of the disc golf world, a lot of people don't know Paul. Outside of the disc golf world, it's hard to find someone who's not going to know the name Brody Smith. Uh, And so being able to bring those eyes in, this is a huge play. It is much bigger than talent. It is much bigger than anything. Even if he goes out there, shoots a horrible round, and he tanks to the bottom, we still got eyes on Paul McBeth, Drew Gibson, and Kayla Visca, who you know one of them is putting on a show, if not all three. And so therefore, just because they watched Brody and yes, Brody might put up a 900 rated round and it might be hard to watch. They're still going to watch some great disc golf and be introduced to the sport and some of the best players in the sport through this. And I think that's the side that people are missing, Um, which I did just see a comment that before we get to other stuff that the NBA suspended the rest of the season. I don't know if it's true because it's not on uh, ESPN. I did look, but I don't know who Rudy Gobert is. Do you know who that is? Oh wait, yeah, I just see, I just see this too. Break ESPN notification three minutes ago. NBA suspends regulars and use hiatus to determine next steps. Wow, wow. Um, I don't know who Rudy Gobert is, but he supposedly tested positive. Whoa. Ruby Go- Oh wow. So a, a, a center in Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz. So there you go. So very. Uh, so I mean, like if NBA is doing it, I guarantee you the PDJ is up there soon. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I really don't. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so I would ra- I would like to know before I go anywhere east. So if I'm driving home, <laughs> yeah. I can uh, do it without <laughs> spending as much money on gas. So yep. if I need if I need to go home, let yeah. me know, PDJ. Um, it's pretty crazy. Wild. Okay. So the final question. Uh, pretty crazy. Uh, give us your prediction for who's going to win the men's and women's side, and what Brody's first round score will be. Uh, I'll start. Go for so it. So I'm gonna ha- I have Paul winning, uh, Waco, and then I have Paige winning. I know those are the most common boring picks, but I honestly don't really, don't really see They're it going another way. Level than most people. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I don't really see it going another way. Oh, we didn't talk about this. Um, sorry, Paige. If you take that one round where she shot like 1056, I think it was seven, 1057, 57. If you take the average or you take that round, because obviously they played different T's and stuff. She only lost to two men that entire round um, rating. ratings wise, which is damn exciting. Yeah, that's she's fantastic. That's insane. But keep going. Um, Legit. And I'm going yeah. to put uh, Brody at what's par out there? 64. Six or yeah, sixty four is par. So I'm gonna put him at. I'm gonna say sixty two. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. What? I'm gonna say he shoots two a two, two under two par. I was gonna. Uh, uh, you want me to do mine? Yeah, you yeah, go. Go, ahead. go for it. So I I definitely agree with you both on the on the winner picks. Um, like I said, I think they're playing at a different level than pretty much everybody out there. Um, I think Brody's gonna shoot like one down. I'm. I was feeling one down. Throughout this week, I've watched him shoot multiple round. I think. 
I think his worst round he shot is like two up in practice. Uh, he shot like an even today. He shot like I think he shot like a four down the other day, which I feel like his four down is about his ceiling. Okay. I feel like about thousand fifteen is about his best case scenario. Um, obviously, I'd love to see him beat it. I'd love to yeah. see him go out there and put up like a ten down and I would like love a ten. It. I would love it. Forty something rated round would be sick. Yeah, I feel like realistically though. Um, 10, 15 is probably about his ceiling, about where he's going to get on a round. Everything's going to really have to click for him to get more than that. Um, but also like, and this is going to surprise a lot of people. Some of his better golf is being played in the woods than it is in the open. That's good. His control game is pretty de- is much more decent than his, you know, grip it and rip it. So when he's coming out to some of those open holes, he's losing a little bit of control, um, off the tee. Because right. he's just trying to, you know, Chuck I don't know if he's trying to match shots with Paul, with yeah. Drew, or Adam in practice rounds yeah. when he's just ripping a disc. But uh, um, for the most part, he's better in the woods right now, which is definitely the weakness of a lot of people at this tournament. And where scores add up quick. My guess is going to be, um, well, I don't know who's going to win. Like, I really want Conrad to win. Like, I've been saying his name a lot this season. Well, that's which, a fair pick here. He, he yeah, normally Because performs. the woods is great, right? But obviously, we saw Paul last year shoot 18 under. But this year, Paul, so far... So is, that would be like 15 under. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. But I... Like, I think it'll be... It's going to be a close game. It always, or close... Uh, tournament. Tournament. It always is um, at these tournaments. But I would love to see Conrad up there. And Brody... Oh, women. Paige Pierce, obviously. She, she's completely on a different level. Um, Nate Doss was talking about seeing her play men's uh, division this year. I don't know if she will, but anyway, my guess on Brody is like four or five over par because if you're saying like two was his worst, obviously I think he's still going to be nervous, not the cameras, but just the play, like any, any tournament that I played in, it was a C tier. We said the vibe on the card. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe like four or five over, um, Four or five over. <laughs> yeah, which obviously, again, I don't want to see that. Just right around his current rating. Yeah. Right. And I don't want to see that. I want to see him light it up and like shut everyone up. Yes. Right? Because, I mean, that's the That'd goal. Great. But I, would, I, oh, I don't yeah. know. That's about where I'm at. I so. will say we have a comment. He's, uh, Christopher Mann said Brody is going six down or better. And if he doesn't, he'll order a Luna from us. Well, there you go. So, we'll hold you to it. Here we go. We, we've just restocked Luna's, so yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> All right, Jeff, uh, any final words, uh, anything we forgot to talk about as we wrap up the show here? Um, I don't really think I got any other closing words or anything, but, uh, you know, we'll look forward to chatting again after the tournament, yeah. catching up, talking about how Brody's round went, mm-hmm. how the, you know, tournament in general went. Uh, you guys tell me how the coverage went since I'll yeah. basically be walking around following it live. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we got a lot of lot of stuff to look forward to, and hopefully more news in a lot of different other areas, whether it's disc golf, pro tour, collegiate, or just other tournaments going around right now. Yeah, for sure, yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming out. Um, hope you thanks enjoy. For, thanks for staying a lot longer than yeah. uh, than normal. It was definitely good to have your opinion oh, on all these topics. Yeah, yeah, it's been great to chat with it. I know there's there's even things I can think of that we didn't even get a chance to talk about, yeah. but we can cover other points in time. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, enjoy the night with the guys, and we will talk to you next week. I'll probably be texting, and you know, tomorrow probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys later. All right, see you yeah. later. All right, All right, everybody. 
So, yeah, it was awesome to have Jeff on to get that perspective. Uh, really quick, we will wrap up. It's 9.45 here, a little bit later than we normally some. like to go. I'll read off this foundation news that we have, and then Zach will show off a few uh, different things. Um, first off, I already said this, but the prototype Onyxes, Stock Stamp Lunas, uh, Prototype Zeus's, all that fun stuff is live on our site. Heck yeah, they are. Foundationdiscs.com. Uh, once this podcast is over, head on over there and pick some up. We do not have many prototype Onyxes, uh, less no. than 20. Um, we have some six swirls. Uh, so if you want to grab one, if you like the prototype Onyx, I personally like it better. It doesn't feel as sharp as the first runs or stock ah, runs. I love those ones too. Um, so you go check those out. Also, our most recent video has well surpassed the 500 likes. Yeah. So well Thank done you to you. Thank you. Uh, we will be give, posting a giveaway probably tomorrow. Yeah. We'll um, post as a story. We're right? going to post it as oh, no, a, post. a post A post on YouTube and that'll have the instructions. rules, instructions, all that jazz on that. And then I'll post a comment and pin it on the, the video on so. the actual video itself so that people know where to go to enter that giveaway. But that was awesome to see. We got it there way faster than I thought. Me too. Um, and the final thing, a custom stamp order has been placed. What were they? On Luna's, Zo- Luna's Zeus's, and Buzz's. Cool. Um, and so hopefully that will be in by the end of the month. And we've also got a quote on some dry fit shirts that will hopefully be coming together for spring. What about a new stamp? What new stamp? We, we messaged that guy, remember? Uh, Zach's on a different wavelength right now. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, not ready to quite announce that yet. Okay. Um, and so, so Zach's got some uh, some goodies. Tell us about well, them. Well, I'll show this first. These are the Waboba Wingmans. Um, Waboba sent us four of these. We're keeping two. We're keeping one each. Keeping one each. We're going to do a face-off or something with them. And then we're going to give one away. I think this one, was this one we were giving away? I think so. Okay, we're going to end up giving this away probably on Instagram. Yeah, we'll do it after our uh, wingman Look at video. These these, these, they're sick. Me and, me and Hannah, maybe like four times a week. We've had them for like a week and a half, two weeks now. We throw them in the house after dinner and stuff. They're really fun. I'm excited to throw it's one. It's not going to break anything. They go pretty far. Um, so this is fun. Thanks, uh, Waboba, for doing that. And obviously, we'll give one away. And then our sponsor for the tournament. Battle for um, Bedford. Yeah, Battle, Battle for Bedford got us flight towels um obviously it has their their name on it blue chip chip technologies so if you're signed up for the tournament uh we announced flight towel the players pack today it includes this a chalk bag and then a 40 dollar um store credit to our vending booth there um which you can if you want to save that for to be paired with your payout as well so that if you win the tournament you get 40 dollars extra um but yeah, and then uh, Blue Chip is also looking at getting some more, donating some more uh, items for the players pack as well. So um, yeah, huge thank you to them. They've yeah. been extremely supportive this Definitely. year. Uh, and you know, we're running out of time. Anything final for you to say? I'm good to go. Sweet. So uh, Patreons, we're going to try to get over there fast tonight. We'll say 9.55. Give us a few minutes. Cool. To, I got to go to the bathroom. I do too. Um, <laughs> so 9.55, we will say we'll be over there live on Patreon. We uh, can someone, continue this conversation. Yeah, too. we'll continue this conversation. Probably talk a little bit more about Paul and Paige's yeah. uh, record-breaking uh, ratings updates and stuff like that over there. Um, someone asked earlier if the $5 a month for our Patreon is worth it. So let me break down super fast what you get. Go for um, it. So $5 a month gets you A, uh, early access to every release we possibly can give you early access to. When we did Crystal Raptors and they sold out in a minute, our Patreons got them before. Yeah, our Patreons had bought um, not half, but I think about 100 were gone before they sold out in a minute. So yeah. uh, fun fact for you there. Um, and then also a weekly quick tip, uh, form critique where you send in a video. I do the form critique. That's the only way I do form critique uh, as well as post podcast Q and A's uh, every, every week. week. Um, 
and then occasional uh, discount codes and stuff like that when we get to the slower season. So that's we've done free minis. We've done yeah, free minis. We've done twenty percent off, fifteen percent off. Um, yeah, I don't know what else we've done, but we've oh, we've done Patreon only giveaways. Yes, uh, we have all that jazz. Um, links in the bio down below if you're interested in that. We yeah. truly greatly appreciate that. We try to make it worth a lot more than five dollars, but I fully understand. You know, I, I had someone tell me they really wanted to support us, but they just don't consume a lot of content. So it's okay. Didn't make no sense for them. No big deal at all. I fully get that, but I wanted to go ahead and uh, put all that we provide out there so that yeah. the person who asked it would know the answer to their question. Cool. Um, other than that, guys, we will see you next week. Same time, same place. See ya.